you were talking about this abide stuff, mm -hmm. I teased it up. And I was okay. just thinking the other day, like, you know how, like, there's, you know, there's, like, a million different things about self-care, soul care, all these different things. And I feel like they're talked about really poorly for the most part. We don't actually hit the heart of the issue. And it's like, you can't pour from an empty cup. And, like, sure. Great. But, like, a lot of times people spin that into, like, you need to make sure that you have avenues that you are being poured into. And I'm like, okay, also not totally false but actually every human being is always going to let you down and they're never going to do mm -hmm. that what you need them to do and the only way that you are going to truly be filled is to abide yep so anyways i was thinking about that as you said that that was my biggest takeaway from today so yeah just introduce yourselves and if you want to say what <clears throat> what it is you do or don't that's fine me first yeah okay. <laughs> um hi i'm drew nofsinger and i'm one of the worship pastors here at boulder valley and I'm Matt Carlson, and I'm the lead pastor of Boulder Valley. I'm Bobby Taylor, and I am on staff and do stuff at Boulder Valley. <laughs> I'm Michelle Holmberg. I'm married to a pastor, and I, I don't I don't even know how to explain what I'm doing. <laughs> you guys have 18 jobs between the two of you, right? That's right. There's just lots of hats. Yeah. So lots of hats. Right now, I'm sitting at a table with y'all. Is the hat? Yeah. Oh, you said y'all. Thanks. It's <laughs> <laughs> for you. <laughs> All right, so you just introduced us with this idea of uh, can't pour from an empty cup mm -hmm. and you need to be doing things to pour into yourself. But if you're looking for other people to do that for you, that's the wrong that's the wrong idea. Yeah, yeah. Matt just was talking about, he quoted Karl Barth and said, the distinctive thing about Christian or theological ethics is that we do not have to do any carrying without remembering that we are carried. And it just reminded me of something I've been thinking about all week of a lot of places where we miss um, some really good things like soul care and self-care. and um, But we miss how we do those things and who, in fact, we connect to to make sure that those things are right. where they need to be. That's next week. Yeah, it's coming. So what you're saying, like... <laughs> Like, exercise is good and a part of it. And getting a good night's sleep is important. And sure. eating decent, you know, don't just eat Cheetos and soda all the time. All of that. Such and boss. having people that pour into you or that... Yeah, that's of, great. All of that's positive stuff. And what's the end? Or even, but. But. All of those things are absolutely lost cause without connection to and remembering that we are not the ones doing the caring. We are not the ones doing the pouring. All the people, they don't get to pour into us in the same way and the only way that the Father can do so. So for reference, um, for anyone listening and who is utterly confused at this point <laughs> in time, um, we, we spoke today about our second of our three kind of main values and today was talking about contribution. Yeah. And so the quote that Drew just said about, um, let me grab the paper so I can say it correctly. Find the right paper. Okay. That uh, we do not have to. Uh, we do not have to do any caring without rem remembering that we are carried. Uh, so that's now put that in the scope of contribution, and hopefully some of that stuff makes more sense now. That's all. Well, I wanted to say. Go, Matt. How'd you do that? How did you connect that to contribution? Well, <clears throat> today, I mean, what we what we spoke on. I think before any time, 
<clears throat> it's a call to action. Contribute is to do something, to bring something to the table, to be active. It's a call to action. But in genuine Christian formation, there's such a recognition that that action is a result of a deeper work. I mean, the scripture we didn't read, Jesus saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You you're might be stealing my sermon. Shoot! <laughs> if you could just edit. <laughs> but, but I think that that's true. I mean, I think like what Drew and I were talking about kind of before we turned on the recording was just this idea of like all of these things about connection and contribute flow out of our connection to God, uh-huh. right? So everything that we are... <clears throat> trying to do around here, which is just kingdom values, but that all, it, that is all for not unless we are connected actually to the vine, unless we're actually abiding in Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think, um, I like what you said today was so good and that, in that how, what we do and contribute should flow out of that place in a response to God's favor and love and goodness, as mm-hmm. opposed to like, I got to prove something or earn something so I just, I appreciated kind of the way you pulled those things apart and actually talked about the heart behind it. Mm-hmm. That was real. I think it was really good and really true. And it, it just acknowledges the root that this all comes from. Right? Yeah. I am God's workmanship, right? And that what I said, so often we think we're his workers. Yes. Like, no, here's workmanship. Here's poem. Or this is like. I mean, how did they, when you said that, I was like, how did they translate poema or whatever you yeah. said into workmanship? Like, I would like to have a conversation with that translator. <laughs> you know? So, you know, granted, I'm not Greek or anything, but I just right. was like. like literally, that. it's one letter different. <laughs> how did you? Poema. Workmanship. Which is even so many more letters. I mean, I, I just am like, if, if that verse had been written, we are God's poem. Hmm. Well, what would the kingdom of God be like? Yeah. Like, would we be like, oh, I, I understand that I am this work of art made by him to to scream something to the world in a particular way. Like, there's something really beautiful in that that does not at all feel the same to me is, you know, my guttural response to the word workmanship. It feels yeah. a whole lot like worker or doing and accomplishing. So I love how you reframed that because I do think the poema idea is the right trajectory of thought yeah but how quickly we turn it into this other thing and the do's and the should and the do's and the even craftsmanship would even be better than workman I mean, it just mm-hmm. carries that thing of mm-hmm. like but for good works mm-hmm. you know which he created beforehand it's just so sandwiched mm-hmm. in because it is a call to action but motive matters and, and from where it comes is like the most important part yeah. not even what it is but from where it comes and I think about it, it, it even kind of pulls on the idea of who we are in the body. Like yeah. that, that like I am a poem written in a certain way for a certain purpose that he preferred for, you know, like he made me a certain way. I don't have to contribute in all of the things, mm-hmm. but I am asked to contribute in the way that I am made and what he's calling me to. Right. So I think sometimes in the church we can just go like, well, I got to do it all. And I got to handle it all and be every part of the body and show up at everything. And I'm like, that's actually not no. realistic, healthy, or, but I'm like, when I realize it's all like what you said about identity, it's all like, when we know whose we are and then how he has made us, that so there's a particular way that he made us that's meant to bring something to the world. And I mean, do you know, can you think of people in your life who, who like have that? 
And then the freedom they have. People that aren't trying to prove stuff to other people. Mm -hmm. They're not fearing people. They fear God in a way that's like the most reverent. Not like, oh, I'm afraid of God, so i got to do all this stuff. But there's such a freedom. Like I'm so, Mm -hmm. I so know who I am in him that I can fall asleep in a prayer. And and there's no guilt. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. That was a good point. The what father doesn't want their kid to fall asleep in their arms. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like, you know, the chocolate cake of parenting. For sure. Yeah. I had someone come up to me after service and I said, so you said it's fine to fall asleep during the sermon or prayer? (laughs) (laughs) I said, which one? (laughs) either. Yeah, both are so holy. Both are so. (laughs) I asked a question off of what you just said about Michelle not being, um, not being healthy in feeling like that you're, called to contribute in 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 everything like this is not a uh throw yourself at all all the things message um that we heard today so my question is uh as a staff you know in in charge of leading a church um or, or taking care uh of god's people in this place um how do you walk the line of, of not abusing people in, in terms of, uh, you know, avoiding that, that, that guilt kind of trap of like, oh, no, you have to do all the things. And if you're not here, you're not, you know, you're not earning your whatever. So how do, how do we walk that line of making sure that, that we're helping people see the call to contribution and at the same time um, not... Um, abusing their generosity or their kind of um, whatever it may be. Mm, it is so difficult within a, that line of because it is a volunteer run, right? And we have to have volunteers come and, and there's just all these needs to, hey, someone's got to make the coffee. Someone's got to open the door for someone. Someone's got to take care of the kids. And so on the lesser... Or play the guitar. Someone's got to play the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> or the piano. Or the drums or the bass. <laughs> Shameless recruiting <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> all the time. We need to invite the worship leader <laughs> to the conversation. <laughs> but it is. It's so easy yes. to become lesser that all of a sudden we're, we're getting people to fill all the spots to do the thing. And we've done the thing and we think that's the thing and that's not the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not the thing, but it is such a trap. And and how much do we? Is that kind of glorified in the church? You know, you know, oh, like, or just sure. or just in the king and out ego, like oh, I just I left it all in the field. I did it all. You know, the person who shows up, the volunteer who does all of the things, I we do love them, and we want to give them a nice Christmas present. You know, <laughs> but then you're like, the reality is. Do we stop and go, is this, is this healthy? And are you being all the parts of the body? Or are you uh-huh. just being one? Or, are you know, the, the question is, are you trying to earn something? Are you doing this out of duty? You know, granted, there's some people who go like, I got time and I just want to give it. But I do think there's a very, there's a subtle thing in there. And we need to be really careful to not be people who go, hey, just you do it all. And we'll Come and do all the stuff. It. Yep. And I think as a leader, a leader of teams, something that's really important to ensure that that's not happening is just really knowing your team and your people and spending time with them because they may not either one realize, notice, or feel that they're getting burnt out or that they're being taken advantage of. And so if you are a 
part of their life and you see what's happening and you're taking them to dinner or you're taking them to coffee and you're hearing what's going on, you're going to be able to see those red flags before you would ever get to an unhealthy position. Are you saying we should have authentic relationships? Weird. It's like maybe I, I am saying that. Yeah. We should put that, up, put that on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Completely. What What about, I would love to hear your guys's, because I know, I know what's in my mind, but when you hear this value of alongside, of a church saying, okay, we're going to hold within, contribute, we're going to hold a value of alongside, um, what do you guys hear there? To me, that's, the, that's even the more important part of, of the value itself, contribution. Uh, like, if, all right, so if our place was to help everybody figure out what it is they've been called to do. Mm-hmm. If we're made in the image of God, created in the image of God, God is a creator, mm-hmm. and we are made in that image, we are also creators. And then if we go, if our if we're about helping people figure out what that's about for them, mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with ha- what happens within the walls of this place, and like this place ceased to be, because everyone found kind of their calling and where they're supposed to go and what they're supposed to do and, and figured out what part of the image, you know, uh, they are, what part of the body, um, that win, that's a win. That's a win for me. Yeah. And, you know, if you've got, if we're doing our job, we're helping, we like to say we're a family on mission, right. Yeah. And to help everybody figure out what that may be and they go do that. And so like that's so the alongside that we're able to support them and, and help them. And we have tons of people that go here, that attend here, that that have that already. And how can we help everyone else? Yeah. Some for some people it may be their what they've been what they feel like their calling is or what they feel strongly towards does happen inside the walls of this place. And that's cool too. But if it if it doesn't, I think just the overall picture is like we're all super curious about what we've all been called to, and like let's figure that out together and and work towards that. This I think part of my just development as a pastor uh, it happened. I was going through doing graduate work, and there was a theology of work course that I was doing, and part of it they had an assignment where I needed to go find people within my local congregation, so the church here, and go connect them and talk to them about their work. So I, I'm sitting with Kevin Petty, this must have been five, seven years ago, in his office uh, at his job and asking him questions, and, and, he, and he leans forward. He says, Matt, he said, if I, if I decided to, over spring break, take my family and go down to Mexico and build homes, We'd be stood up in front of the church. We'd be prayed over the week before. We'd share stories when we got home. He goes, and I think it's great. It's great. And But we would be really like covered in that and affirmed in that. He said, man, I, I just moved into this vice president position that's overwhelming with the authority I have. I, I oversee all these people. And I, part of, you know, Kevin's saying so much of my connection with God is saying, Lord, please use me and help me, help me be a great leader. Help me to manage well, help me to love this team. Well, I goes, I've never been affirmed by that for that within my church. Hmm. 
no one's ever spoken any. But if I go to Mexico for a week, boy, you put me up there mm-hmm. and do all of this stuff. And it, and it just hit me. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I think we've missed. And listen, going to Mexico is great. Let's, yes. And alongside. And the church has a responsibility to help affirm, equip, encourage, pray over. You know, so out of that, this was like, again, I lose all track of time. But like five years ago, we had a service where we literally, the elders of the church, anointed people. Um, they came forward and we, we put oil on their heads and prayed over that God would use them in their place of work. And that we set them apart, that God's called them to use their gifts. And, and, you know, so I think just continuing that, but that's part, that's really what struck me. I was like, we are missing it. If me as a pastor is just, mm-hmm. hey, come to Mexico and serve in the children's. And wow, you're really pouring yourself out, Bobby. Like what you say, no, it is so much bigger mm-hmm. alongside and there's responsibility with that that we have as a church. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, when, when he became an elder, then, it, you know, like he has a vice president role at work, but now he's got a leadership position in the church. And and then everyone goes, oh, you know, look at him being a leader, you know? Yeah. And like, he was and is and knowing him forever shall be. Yeah. Right? But I'm like, how do we do a better job of... And it's one thing. It's not secular, sacred. It's not, ooh, this is God's work. This is not God's work. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just even apart from your work, like who are who has God called you to be it, and are you being it? Yeah, you know, I mean, this simple idea that pops in my head is stay-at-home moms. That I'm like, yeah. do do we just go? Wow, you die to yourself every day in a real, you know, in a yeah. real profound way. Or how do how do we honor those things and not just the things that we that make us that you know contribute to our system. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and, and recognize, like Matt, you're saying that it's not less than, Absolutely. right? Like f- for the stay-at-home mom to, like, like, you chose to stay and pour yourself in that direction and give yourself in that, and that doesn't take away from you. It doesn't take away from the mom that is a CEO of a company, uh, in or the mom that tries to juggle everything in you know everything in between, um, that each of those choices are are valid choices, worth celebrating mm-hmm. like, and worth recognizing, um, you know, in each of those areas. Like if that's what you've been called to, like that is good. Mm-hmm. I had a, I've had a, some interesting experience. I work for a parachurch organization outside of called Young Life. And over the years, um, I've been in Boulder for, I don't know, 25 years or something, and had gone to a lot of churches and, or, and just like knew a lot of church people, right? Mm-hmm. You just, you know, youth pastors, you know your people. And the amount of times people were like, hey, you're real good with kids. You want to come and run my youth group? Hey, you want to come and, and I often felt poached if, if that's a decent word to use, where you're just like, you're just trying to like suck me into your thing and you want me to make your thing look good. And I was always like, Wah. and then I was at a, a church for a long time before Paul became a pastor here. And I would always bring it when my kids were little and we'd bring them to the nursery all the time and drop them off. You know, they're always making the announcements like, Hey, you should volunteer and then, and whatever. And they were doing kind of a wanting people to sign up push and I just felt so guilty and so I was like I said I was like I should I should sign up to do a thing and she goes you should not she goes I know what you do all week she goes you are pouring your life out somewhere else this is the children's minister pastor lady she just was like you are doing all these things you need to go get your cup filled up you need to be ministered to this is not you give your lap away 
you know, six days a week. Mm -hmm. I want you to come here and rest. And I was like, oh, it was like the first time I had heard someone in the church actually say, I see you. I see what you're doing. And I'm not trying to poach you and ask something else of you. I'm actually just trying to to honor you and say, you're coming here because you need something. So I know that that's not everybody's story, but I was like that. I had a lot of experiences where I felt like people were just trying to get more out of me. And that woman, and it was her knee jerk reaction when I was like, hey, I should probably sign up to do a shift. And she was like, actually, I'm going to say no to you. And she needed help. Yeah. And I, and and then when we'd be gone, we'd go and we'd you know we'd be taking kids to camp or we'd be who knows where, and so we'd be gone for however long. And she says, "How not like where you been? I'm, like you haven't been coming to church? Shame on you." She would say, "Tell me what you've been doing out there." Mm-hmm. And it was this like, hmm. I just felt so free to be like, I didn't show up for a month, and that her immediate reaction was not like, "What a slacker! She's ditching out on church." It was, "You're out contributing to the kingdom in something in a corner that I don't even have any idea." Please tell me. And it was such a sweet way she ministered to me in that season. And out of all the dinners that got brought to me after I had a baby, hers was my favorite. (laughs) Shout out to her. How are you contributing to the kingdom? I mean, that is so, what what a question right there. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's it. Not how are you contributing to your church? No. How are you contributing to the kingdom? Mm -hmm. And, and And what has God called you to? And that's what, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about, um, did you guys connect with anything um, slave versus son, doer versus daughter? Yes. Um, yeah, what did you hear there? What did that? Well, one of the questions I wrote down, it wasn't exactly, it was around the time you were talking about this, but um, yeah, how do we, how do we battle uh, the capitalist mindset Mm -hmm. the thing you said about production as a virtue Mm -hmm. uh, mindset um, of I'm not good enough until I'm doing more or I'm not good enough until I've organized my life uh, to be ultra efficient and doing all the things Um, yeah so I, I just that was a question I wrote down and I answered your question with a question. So that means someone else has to answer both questions. Both questions. Yeah. <laughs> we better but, do it. Right. But how do we, yeah, how do we, how do we, we live in the capitalist mm-hmm. society. Yeah. In the capitalist mm-hmm. society. We Sabbath. Right. We do. Right. We Sabbath. Right. And not just like in the whole, like, first of all, absolutely. 100% take a day of rest, like the Sabbath. But I feel like, uh, we like put that over in this like weird ancient tradition that some people are starting to think is cool again. And so we're talking about it, but actually it's like, um, Sabbath is resistance. God put it for his people to, yes, to rest, to understand that you're not in control of it all, blah, blah, blah. But also as a sign of like, see all these communities and people around you that are working, 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 and you have to produce and you have to do something. And he says, no, I want you to take a day to trust in me. And to detach from the capitalist society that you live in or the crazy agricultural society that the Jews lived in then of working absolutely every day. I think um, I think that's just one small piece. Also, I'm really into talking about that so we could discuss it forever. But I do think that's just like one really practical way. Um, and that's something, Drew, in your life that is a new practice for you, right? Or um, is recently discovered or rediscovered? Like, I don't know, maybe a little over a year and a half mm-hmm. I've been practicing yeah, so new in the scope mm-hmm. of my life. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would say as someone who hangs out with Drew a fair amount, I go, you talk about it a lot because it, because it's changed you. Because yeah. we do live in a society that's move, move, move. And like, how do you learn how to Sabbath while you have little children, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just been, it's been cool to watch you fight for that and to watch how it's transformed who you are because it is, it's a son mentality as opposed to a slave. Man. I got to yes. do what I got to accomplish. I got to prove. And I got to, instead of going like, I just, I am, mm-hmm. and I am loved. It's, you know, it's a day of a week to remember, like you need to relax and mm-hmm. remember that you are loved as you are. Yes. You know? And I think, um, I don't know, speaking of quotes of, you know, you steal things from people. You don't even know where you got them. But, yeah. but the idea of like, there's nothing that you could do to make God love you anymore. And there's nothing you could do to make him love you any less. Mm-hmm. Like that's like a son mentality, yeah. you know, that there's nothing that's the unconditional nature of who we are as sons yeah. as opposed to, and we say sons as opposed to daughters, I think, because a son is a person who in the culture in which the Bible was written was a person of full inheritance. inheritance right? And yeah. that is true in the kingdom of God with men and women. So mm-hmm. just in case we're stuck there, but I'm like, this is a, he's like, this is a full inheritance of sonship of who who I say you are because you are mine, that that is what changes the whole story. So yeah. I saw, we, I went to the movies with my brother last night. And it What's doesn't matter. like? It's been a while for me. <laughs> I don't remember. It doesn't matter what we saw. Um, <laughs> but we saw a trailer for the movie Dune. Mm-hmm. It's coming back? There's another one. Yes. Really? Yes. So it's Top Gun. Top Gun's coming back. Super. I don't have any points from Top Gun. (laughs) But back to Dune. So if you're unfamiliar with Dune, that also really doesn't matter. Uh, But basically, there's these two characters, a father and son, and and the son is the the father is you know a king, whatnot, and the son is not. Um, And he, the son is talking to his dad about like I, I fear in this trailer. Anyways, like I fear like. Um, I'm not going to be able to take the mantle like from you and, and lead in the way, become a leader in the way that you want me to. And the dad says to him something like, uh, like you've done the only thing, like if you choose to do this or not to do this, if you do X, Y, or Z, you've done the thing that I've needed you to do, mm-hmm. which be, is be my son. Like, and, and so it was like really, uh, Great line. Huh. I cannot vouch for the rest of the movie. But I will be watching it. <laughs> that one particular line. Right. Do they have big worms again? Oh, oh yeah. the sandworms. No sting, but big worms. Okay. That reminds me of the Lion King. The like, <laughs> you know, when Simba realizes when he looks in the water and realizes, like, oh my gosh, I look like my father. Mm. You know that he realizes who he is because he knows whose son he is, mm. and that that's kind of it. Hmm. For those of us who haven't watched Dune and don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> maybe <laughs> chances are they've seen Lion King or have a general framework. Know a little bit about like Mufasa. Mufasa, say it again. <laughs> I had um, so what you know we've been some stuff we've been reading and for a while is this emotionally healthy spirituality and leadership and discipleship and it's this guy. Um, Peter Scazzaro and his wife Jerry who wrote the material, but he was in town a couple weeks ago and so I went to a one day thing with him and he's really developed all of this material around emotional health and spiritual health and how they grow together and it's really good but it sort of drew what you said of Sabbath but one of his big points is that part of godliness is is recognizing limits Mm -hmm. and and being able to say no I'm 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 tired 
Mm-hmm. I, I can't do that. I have to say no to that. I, I, I'm limited on on the things I can do. I'm limited on how much I can really show up. And instead of and like a deep godliness can can rest, can say no, can recognize God's actually created me not to be God. I'm a little part and a little sliver, and I have limits. Mm-hmm. And recognizing my limits, and uh, that's right, because then we try and overfunction so often mm-hmm. and do all this, and it wears us out and exhausts us. And if if all right if if uh, if I want to play drums in a band and God hasn't really called me to play, but I'm like I'm going to play drums and I'm going to learn and I'm going to play drums, well, I'm taking it from someone else who God maybe has called and recognizing my limits and not needing to do everything, not getting all my value from how much I've done or what all I've contributed, which is the flip side of this thing. Like we've got we're going to call people to contribute, but it's got to be coming from the right place, mm-hmm. or else we're just exhausting. And could we be a people who would affirm that? Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of like, you know, are we affirming the VPs? Are we affirming people who have, you know, who are being who they are apart in the body apart from this church? But also, are we affirming people who go, hey, good job yeah. taking rest. Good job knowing your limitations. You said no. You can't do it all. And you've been able to draw a boundary. Yep. Well done. Mm-hmm. I know you want to do this, but you're saying no because of what it'll cost you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many families that's like my biggest fear is that there'll be some you know the cats in the cradle thing or or something but hey i was doing all this ministry or i was serving all this stuff at the church and i missed like a primary thing that god gives us is our family yeah Mm -hmm. is our family and that's first priority always yeah Yeah, matt you it's been years ago but when eugene patterson passed and you showed us the video and his wife talking about how you can be married to the church. You know, the church can be your mistress. And I just remember like when I came on staff and Ben and I were talking about, you know, and that was just something I never wanted to happen to us. I yeah. never wanted to, because it is easy. Because, oh my gosh, you love, like I'd say it all the time. I can't believe this is my job. Like, how did I get this gig? That's crazy. But because you have that great love, it can start to take over. And I think that's true for our volunteer leaders too. They can love it so much. Everyone on the worship team, they're so gifted and so skilled. And it's like their musical outlet as well as where they worship, but it could start to take over. And so just watching that line. And Michelle, I think you're excellent. At watching that line of, okay, I'm feeling a little touched out this week. Like we had a meeting scheduled a couple Mondays ago and you're like, hey, I think I actually need to reschedule. Is that okay with you? And first of all, yes. Oh my gosh. But it's just such a good example of I'm setting boundaries in my life um, so that way I don't get burned out so I can do the things that I'm really gifted and called to do. Well, and I think I felt the freedom to say that to you because I ended up working all day on Sunday. And I needed to Sabbath on Monday. Mm. And because I know that Drew is so gross, <laughs> I was like, you will understand because yeah. you are trying to live in the same rhythm. And it wouldn't, you would not say to me, just plow through. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and it'll be fun if we meet it, which it was, but it was. when it happened, but it was not, <laughs> but it wasn't at the expense of rest in the day. You know, mm-hmm. I think I have a final thought and then can I? Yeah. Wrap it. Oh, um, please. Oh, let me you, put a bow on it. You all can have some more thoughts too. But I'm just, this is just kind of running around in my head. Is you know how there's that thing, and it, it's like people will be like, "Well, you got another jewel in your crown today, mm. right?" Mm-hmm. This idea of like, which <laughs> churchianity. Does, does anybody have an idea about yes. where that even came from? Like, why are we putting jewels in people's crowns? But I do think, you know, and 
So I think maybe a few problems with that, but, <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's this, it's this contributing thing that people like, I, there could be a mentality in the church that you go like, if I do more, I'll get more jewels in my crown. Mm. And I'm like, or is it that, I mean, do you even have crowns in heaven? Maybe, maybe worth discussing on a different day, but let's just pretend for the moment you did. Do you have the crown that is yours of your inheritance as a child of God, mm-hmm. as opposed to having anything to do with what you did? You know, like, could it be true that if I, if there's nothing I could do to make him love me any more or any less is who he would, his pleasure over me, his joy over me, how he, when he says, well done, is it, is it more about my identity as a daughter of the King, as opposed mm-hmm. to what I've done or, you know, like, you know, am I going to have a sore neck because I have so many jewels in my crown? I did all of the things. And, you know, and then I think apparently we're going to take them and throw them at his feet anyway. But I'm like, at that moment, I, I would actually be way, I, I want to cast my identity in all that I am before him. And not like, here's all of the quote unquote good things I did. Anyway, I just think it's like a miss. I think it's a weird thing in our church culture you know, in, in the, or just in history in general that we've talked about this, as mm-hmm. if you get a bigger crown in heaven mm-hmm. based on this. And I think it's more about who we are. Mm-hmm. The relationship with the Father. Mm-hmm. Not what I'm doing, 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 doing. Mm-hmm. Or do you remember in, uh, at the end of Narnia when the kids get their crowns? Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. If you haven't read the book or watched the movie, you're just behind. And I'm going to go ahead and vomit for you. And at the end of the Titanic, the boat sinks also. What? What? I know. Okay, so, but at the end of the movie, at the Narnia movies, the kids become the kings and the queens of Narnia. And they come and they put these crowns on their head. And they're young and they're children. And they've actually done very little. You know, and the movie implies that they go on and do all of these great things. And their crowns never changed. Like, is that actually a better picture of actually what that means as opposed to something that... It's almost like they grew into it, huh? Mm-hmm. They became... They became it. Yeah. I mean, when you put the little crown on Lucy, you know, I mean, granted, little little feisty fake will keep her. <laughs> but you just go, she, she's, she's just, she's a little and she's... And she's grow and she grows into this bigger and bigger faith, and you know, and probably does a lot of things. But out of what you said, out of this love of the goodness of the king, as opposed to I have to or I should, or yeah. there's a, not, not a duty; it's an overflow out of, of love. That the obedience comes out of an overflow of love, and that relationship. And so we get to contribute. We don't have to. We get to do the things. He's called us to do. Mm. Michelle. Does that make sense? I just, I mean, yes. the gems in the crown thing just happened to me while I was sitting here. I just thought, that's weird. <laughs> what a weird thing we've thrown around the church for. We, you know. We've made ourselves a lot of weird things. Yeah. <laughs> but let's put that in the pile of weird things. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was your, your wrapping up thought, which I think is a good one. Um, and just, we did this last week, and I think it's important to keep doing it. Um, is that there's certainly people listening to us speak here who physically attend the building that we're in. Uh, and there are people that will listen to this that don't. Um, and so again, just to reiterate, we're going through a message series now where we're focusing, or at least this part, we're focusing on our values as, as they relate to what we believe our mission is. And so you may not 
ever be able to physically attend this building just because of proximity or location. Um, but hoping, at least my hope is that <clears throat> if, you, if you're aligned to what we're talking about, if you recognize that building authentic relationships with God and one another is aligned with how you feel, what your mission is, um, then again, we're just talking through uh, contribution as being part of that process that pushes us towards that mission. And it sounds like really from this conversation today that it's not just contribution. It's contribution balanced with rest. Mm-hmm. It's contribution balanced with recognizing your identity in the creator and its contribution um, balanced with a really holistic view of, of, of where you sit in the world and what, what it is that you've been called to do. So it's contribution is not what I'm hearing in this conversation. It's not something that uh, it's not a crown that someone else can put on you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's not uh, something that you can manifest for yourself yeah. um, that it really needs to be uh, which we'll talk about next week connecting, but I think maybe the connecting comes first and then you can get a really good idea of what, what the contribution is yeah. and that, and that balancing that with, with the appropriate time to have that reinforced regularly by rest. Um, so that's kind of all the things I heard today. And I just wanted to sum that up. And well, put that in you bow heard in. well. Thanks. <laughs> we affirm you. It's one of my gifts. It's one of my gifts. And one more jewel. <laughs> that nice little that. summary. <laughs> <laughs> um, would anyone like to pray to close this? I will pray. Okay. Um, Lord, we surrender into you again. We surrender into our sonship, what it means to be yours. And um, God, we pray that you would help us as individuals and us as the body to be who we are made to be and not more um, and not less. So Lord, give us your wisdom and Lord, root us in you that all of these things would flow out of you. So God, thank you for what you're doing in us and um, in this church, both in the building and online. And Lord, we, we, are, we want to follow you and go where you're going. So I pray that you'd speak to us and lead us. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.